0: Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. The guy over there is Greg Cott. You can't actually see that on your podcast. (laughs) Uh, But this week we are talking with our producer, Alex Claiborne, about her experiences at the recent
1: Pitchfork Music Festival. But first, you and I have a few more picks that we couldn't fit on our last Buried Treasure episode. Why don't you go first? Yes,
0: Greg, uh, in the same way that uh, in the uh, full episode I was talking about Pat Thomas and knowing him forever, I feel like I grew up with one half of this next artistic pair. Dan Zanes was the lead singer and guitarist in the Mighty Del Fuegos out Mm -hmm. of Boston. Man... You know, bluesy garage rock. I saw the Del Fuegos easily three dozen times in the indie rock 80s, opening for R.E.M., opening for the DBs, Mm -hmm. opening for the replacements. Everybody, I always loved what Dan and his brother Warren were doing with that band. Dan has never stopped making great music. About a million years ago, you and I did a show on uh, great kids rock, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? When our kids were just... About still in that genre, right? Uh, He's made many uh, family-friendly children's music records. Dan is now happily married. To an extraordinary wife, Claudia, a Haitian American music therapist and jazz vocalist, and they're living in Baltimore. They have put together uh, their first album uh, as a duo, and it's it's just coming out now. Uh, Let love be your guide. Family friendly is how they put it, right? But this single is certainly not, you know, restricted or talking down to any age. Coming down is, I think, a fantastic modern civil rights anthem it is taking on every issue of our time with these two great voices and offering hope someday we could all be free free of patriarchy free of racism uh free of of oppression and and it kind of goes around like that i you know It takes on just about every problem we have in 2021 and yet it it makes you feel like we got this we can do it (laughs) and uh i I just i just love this coming down by dan and claudia zanes
1: can you see supremacy. Coming down. Bars of oppression. Coming down. who oh, hierarchies. Coming down. Someday we could all
0: the Great Dan Zanes. you know, Greg. I don't like to live in the past. I think some bands have their day and then they're done. But I'd kill for a Del Fuegos reunion.
1: Yeah, I love that band too. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that, and I think Claudia's got a great voice. But Jim, I gotta say, this is not a song. It, what? Is, a, it is a speech. No I'm, I'm like, come on, man, you know. No, no, no. Someday we I, can I all want, be free. I want patriarchy to end, too. Oh, I'm la- down down uh, with white supremacy. I, listen, yes, listen. I agree, 100%. Mis-
0: Mr. Mavis Staples biographer. There and speak at the next union rally. Mr. Mavis Staples biographer, if Mavis <laughs> sang this song, it, it would be stellar. And it's well, stellar right now.
1: No, it's not stellar. It's not, oh, like I man. said, it's a speech. It's a speech. It's not well, a song. Well, maybe you're but that's just my the opinion. problem, Greg And I Todd. agree with everything that he's saying. It's just like, it's not a song.
0: Oh, we're getting casual on that's the podcast right, that's right. now. You got a buried treasure, Mr. Patriarch?
1: I do. I do. I'm, I'm going to play a band uh, out of Chicago that um, just uh, blows my doors off. This is their first album. Lilac is the name of the group. Ayudia is the song. Uh, The self-titled debut album is finally out, although uh, I must say that the lead singer in the band, uh, one Anya Davidson, has been in the Chicago uh, noise rock scene for more than a decade. Uh, She was in a band that split off about a decade ago. Uh, Half the band went on to form Oozing Wound. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which is a great metal band. I mean, I don't know if you've heard Oozing Wind, but I love I, I them. Have, I think and they're and one just, of the best metal bands in Chicago. The name makes me smile. Indeed. Low. They have a sense of humor, as you can yeah. tell. But anyway, uh, Anya uh, went on to pursue her art career um, and, uh, you know, big into comic books, etc. cetera. Uh, but now back in a band called Lilac, which is, man, um, a nasty, nasty band that could have been signed by Touch and Go circa 1989. I mean, just uh, uh, the two guitar carnage. The drummer sounds like he's hitting with uh, hes swinging anvils at those kit at yeah. that kit. You would appreciate that, Mr. Dear Goddess, I'm sure. That. And and uh, Anya Davidson's got a voice that just blasts through all of it. Uh, here's the first track on that album, Ayudia from Lilac on Dependence.
0: By Lilac, I have to point out it's I period U period DEA. Right. Otherwise, you may have a hard time finding it because you should listen to it again. (laughs) Yeah. As I
1: did. This is a marvelous band. I appreciate that, and uh, I hope you appreciate it as well, listeners, because uh, that is uh, very much in the uh, right in the pocket of those great Chicago hardcore bands that have been around the scene since basically like the late '70s.
0: As always, we love to hear your buried treasure picks. We do catch up and listen at least to a couple of seconds of everything that comes in over the transom. Let us know at soundopinions.org. After a quick break, we're going to have the rare pleasure of talking with Alex Claiborne, one of our producers, about attending the Pitchfork Music Festival. We are back, and we are happy to have our producer, Alex Claiborne, on the mic. Uh, It's always a pleasure, Alex. It's not like it's rare because we don't want you. We we, we are always eager to have you. What I want to know, though, right, is um, you have been... All four of us on Team Sound Opinions have been super cautious, and we have been rewarded by not uh, getting sick, right, Uh, in these troubling times. Uh, I would have had you pegged as the last of us to go to a (laughs) festival, and yet you went out uh, to the annual Pitchfork Music Festival, annual, returning. It didn't happen last year because of COVID. What made you go?
2: Um, I think in two words, Phoebe Bridgers. I think oh, that gosh. was <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Duh, Jim. Yeah.
2: Um, I am usually, you know, in terms of festivals, I'm kind of hit and miss. Um, I'm not really a Lollapalooza person, but um, I do enjoy like Austin City Limits. And I do like Pitchfork. And, you know, I did go to only Friday this year. So I want to be clear about, you know, when I'm talking about yeah. my experience that it just applies to day one of Pitchfork, but um I wasn't going to go, I wasn't gonna go and, you know, thank goodness my partner was like, You're going to be very sad if you don't <laughs> go see Phoebe. Which is ironic because kind of Phoebe's vibe is like kinda of sad vibes. So That's true. It's like Damned if you do, damned if you don't. But um, yeah, so we decided to go at the last minute and you know, obviously it's an outdoor festival in Chicago um, for those who aren't as familiar, but we we had a good time, it was good. And we were wearing our masks, we're both fully vaccinated Um, and I'm actually getting a COVID PCR test this week just to make sure that I'm in the clear and I'm currently away from the sound opinions team.
0: That is responsible behavior, and uh, uh, we applaud you for it, being super cautious. You know, we had talked to Althea Lagaspi about uh, Lollapalooza's safety precautions, which were uh, uh, questionable at times, right? I mean, they were allegedly checking vaccine cards. We saw lots of video of them just waving people in. Pitchfork is a smaller festival, had its roots in the Indies world. It's, yeah. it's a corporation now. But uh, how did they handle the safety questions?
2: I thought that they handled it well. I mean, I did not go in the main entrance. I went in the press entrance, which is a little bit different, but um, from what I've heard, they've applied the same uh, rules, which is that you need to show your vaccination card, either a IRL copy or a screenshot or a photo of your vaccination card alongside your license or state ID. Um, to confirm that it is indeed you and your card. And then also, if you are non vaccinated, you need to have a COVID PCR test results with you that say that you test negative alongside with your license or state ID. Um, whereas at Lollapalooza, from what I've read and what Althea said was it, you were supposed to show your vaccine card or a test result, but it was not confirmed with your identity and so that was something that Pitchfork did that I think was really helpful. And hopefully, moving forward, we can see more of these types of solutions so that we you know, can get people coming in and making sure that everyone is following the rules of the festival. Yeah.
1: It's just a logistical issue. I think uh, with Lollapalooza, you've got 100,000 people coming through the gates every day, right? And I think at a certain point, you just, you know, hey, <laughs> come on in. It, it It's really hard to be l- really vigilant, I would say for a security staff that is especially not really trained to do this sort of thing. Pitchfork's a fifth of the size, twenty percent at capacity there at nineteen twenty thousand It's still a huge number of people, so I don't know did you notice long lines people waiting because if they're doing this process correctly, you can't just send people through there through the turnstiles i mean there there's a long process here to get into the Into the venue for each person. So, how was that handled?
2: Uh, Well, and also in addition to that, Greg, if you have a bag, um, you know, obviously there are bag restrictions or a fanny bag, they have to search those items as well, um, which is kind of par for the course for concerts and festivals now. So, you add in that additional time. You know, when I came in, the festival was a good amount of people but certainly not at capacity and i came in the afternoon i arrived but in terms of long lines there are always long lines for food and water water they did have refillable you know water stations but that was a particularly long line um, for a lot of people which is difficult luckily on friday when i went the temperature was fairly moderate um, whereas pitchfork is normally in the middle of july and it's very hot So, um, you know, September was a little better. But the lines for the merch were very, very long. I don't Mm -hmm. know if people were just really invested in the experience and, like, just needed to get some merch to (laughs) commemorate the occasion. But I don't know what the break-in status is, whereas I know Lollapalooza every year kind of has, you know, the fence comes down, people trample the fence, people sneak in. And so I don't know if that is sort of... Tons of gate crashers.
0: It's pitchforks more contained. Um, Any other good music? That you yeah, saw.
2: you know, I, I had a great time on Friday. And like I said, Phoebe Bridgers put on a great show. Um, it was really cool to see the audience light up and get super excited when she started playing Kyoto. And also I saw a couple great acts. Um, I saw Big Thief, which we haven't mm. really talked about on Sound Opinions. But, you know, I had listened to their album and I liked it. But seeing them live actually was really nice. And it was a nice um, kind of combination with the rest of the lineup where Friday felt a little bit more laid back than the rest of the weekend. So I thought they put on a, a great set and they were right before Phoebe. And then also we saw Animal Collective who-
1: No. Oh. <laughs> oh. here's, here's the
2: thing, here's the thing. I personally am not an animal collective person. The first forty-five minutes of their set was kind of jam band kind of yeah. vibes. That was like two
0: songs, right?
2: I yeah, I was like, yeah, that's just not my cup of tea. I'm sure other people are more into it. And then the last fifteen minutes, they played a really fun like set. Like they played songs and they were getting excited. The audience was getting excited. Um, and they kind of did. They switched gears in the energy. And I was like, I wish their whole set. Was like the last ten or fifteen minutes where they played songs that people were excited about.
1: They played songs. Um, Yeah, what what
2: a
0: change! Yeah, midway through the psychedelics wore off, and then they decided (laughs) to. Yeah,
2: they kicked into a different. Yeah, I was not in the uh, correct state of mind for the first seventy-five. I was not in an altered state
1: for. Uh, So
2: I wasn't able to enjoy the first seventy-five percent.
1: I heard Phoebe wore her skeleton outfit that she had on Saturday Night Live, right? So didn't that, didn't that alter your mindset a little bit?
2: Oh yeah, well you know <laughs> I, I think yeah everybody had their their skeleton um, alphaton. She and her band came everybody out. Everybody had the, their
1: skeleton. <laughs> everybody in the band. Uh, everybody
2: <laughs> in the band. Oh, had I, their thought, I thought you were saying the people Not in the everyone, audience were. Although right. I did see several people um, in the crowd at the festival wearing that cool. skeleton you know, outfits and, and shirts, and they did come out to the Black Eyed Peas song, I Got a Feeling." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so definitely going for that fun, jokey irony that yeah. I think, you know, Phoebe, in addition to, yeah. you know, sometimes being known for having some somber tunes has a wicked sense of humor. And so her does, and yeah. her band coming out to that song was pretty funny.
0: Well, thanks for reporting from the front lines of another festival. Um, I wasn't sorry to miss this one any more than I was sorry to miss Lollapalooza, Greg. (laughs) I mean, I maybe I'll go out again someday, but but you know, I it just it solidifies for me. I have been to see some music in small venues, and I am so filled with joy to be in the small 150 capacity clubs again.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a gift to be able to see music again, but uh, let's hope it, we, uh, we're able to make it through the year, uh, continuing in that same vein. And I will say this, everybody puts a lot of attention on the music industry and these concerts for mitigating you know, the opportunity to spread the virus. I was at a ballpark, a Major League Baseball game on Friday, uh, Wrigley Field, 30,000 people, No mask, you know, nobody wearing masks, nobody, no checking for vaccinations at the door. What are you doing in my dining room? Allegedly, you're supposed to be...
0: What are you doing here then? Well, I mean,
1: the one thing I will say, outdoor, the difference between outdoor and indoors is a major one for me. And Mm. you can, in fact, keep socially distant in an outdoor environment. I think it's okay. What what concerns me is the shoulder-to-shoulder packed in, you know... Mm club, theater, whatever, that would be, that gives me pause. They're and
0: selling over-the-counter um, tests now, and and you got to take one before you leave. I'm yeah, sorry. all right. I'm, I'm, I'll be right over I'm there. I'm going to swab too. your nose. Yeah. Uh, I got one. That's it for this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. Special thanks to Alex Claiborne. If you've got thoughts on this episode or anything we do, start a conversation on our Facebook group or leave a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org, to support the show. Join our Patreon community or buy some merch at soundopinions.org. As I've said, I'm eager to get it out of the closet. As always, Sound Opinions is produced by Alex Andrew Gill, our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo, and our media consultant, Katie Cott. Thanks for listening.